you naughty folks, Larry here, to tell you that Naughty Soda is now able to be found locally on your store shelves and in some bars and growler stores. If you didn't know, Naughty Soda is a 100% all-natural alcoholic soda. We only use real cane sugar, real fruits, and real spices to make our sodas. So good, you won't want to put them down. Also available, in limited release, Ironmonger Beer. What makes you naughty? Naughty soda is an alcoholic beverage with a 5% alcohol by volume. Please, naughty responsible. Hello, loyal listeners. This week on Achieving Valley, the podcast, we talk to Jim Adams. Woo! I don't know why I'm talking like this anymore. Just trying to be different. Uh, okay, well, let's see. Uh, talking to Jim Adams, and we're going to be talking about his podcast and uh, his uh, monster movie podcast uh, and uh, monsters in general and a bunch of other stuff. So sit back, relax, grab a naughty soda, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Rally the podcast. Blur! See you again. Jim is the host of Monster Attack Podcast. Yes, yes. he is. Our co I, I guess co-host, because, yeah, my, my co-host, Mark Maddox, and I were sort of on the equal footing, but it was yeah, my just, concept, my creation. No, sometimes you start the show, sometimes he starts the show. Yeah, I let him do that now and then. I, I, I'm serious. I, it, it, it's, it's funny. Um, sometimes she'll ask us, this is a real favorite movie of mine. Do you mind if I do the opening? Yeah, come on in. You know, so, yeah, we, we try to split it up. But, yeah, this is... Uh, an idea I had when we started the uh, the Project I Radio podcast network two years. It's been a little more than two years ago. And I always wanted to do one on monster movies. Old, old monster movies. I'm, someone says, oh, you do horror films? It's like, eh, well, I'm going to correct you a little bit. This, these are the monster movies I grew up with, where everything was called monster, but whether it was sci-fi or mm-hmm. horror or whatever. And, and we really almost have a cutoff right around 1970 right now. But we made go beyond that but right now these are the ones that 40s 50s 60s you gotta 70s. do a lot of hairy houses yeah i mean we'll get all, oh yeah we love hairy houses. yeah i was gonna say yeah, we just did valley of the guanji about okay three, yeah there you go weeks ago so uh you know these are the ones that um really made an impact on me i mean i was six years old and i saw my first monster movie um it was a saturday afternoon my mom and dad were watching it in the, in the living room, the, one of the local stations <laughs> in Syracuse, New York, had just started a monster movie matinee show. And my dad was a big monster movie fan. My mom and dad both were. And they said, yeah, you gotta come in and see this. This is you know pretty cool, you're gonna like this. And I was hooked. Giant behemoth, first monster movie. Never forget it. And so I said, I wanna do a podcast that deals with those movies because that became a way of life. And, and I think for a lot of people, I, I, when I first met Mark, um, at the uh, Monsterama convention, yeah, there's a shameless plug. Coming up the first weekend in October in uh, Atlanta. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to have Caroline Monroe and Suzanne Lee. Suzanne Lee will be there. And so, Marilyn Monroe, they're exhuming her body. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline's good. I, mean, that's, I can't wait to meet her. But uh, we got talking about uh, monster movies because he's an artist. Uh, he he mm-hmm. does uh, monster movie art. 
and I was walking by his table making a beeline for Veronica Carlson, who's a friend of mine, and I had not ever met her in person, but we talked several times on the phone, and she'd been on my first podcast. And as I was spinning by his table, I saw a print that had the saucer men from Invasion of the Saucer Men. And I literally stopped, it was like something out of a cartoon, literally stopped on a dead stop, did a double take, and he wasn't at the table, but his girlfriend Linda was, and I said, I have got to have that. I don't care what the cost is, although I did because I didn't have much money. <laughs> but I said, I, I, I want that, and, uh, and and bought the print, and she said, would you want him to sign it? It's like, oh yeah, that'll be cool too. Uh, and then I looked at the stuff he had, it was like every monster movie I'd ever seen he'd done prints on. And we got talking, and it was still like an hour later, we are still talking, I thought, I gotta go see Veronica Carlson, I'm sorry, I gotta go. But we got talking about uh, someday we ought to do a podcast, and it took about a year and a half, and we launched uh, the first day of February this year. Finally got, him, finally got one going. Yay. So, and we're having a blast. Yeah, we'll get one going soon enough. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we're working on it. So if you like the old monster movies, hopefully you'll like what we do with Monster Attack. I was listening at work to the... Uh... To the door opening up. Hi, Marissa. Hi, sorry. <laughs> I was talking to her. And Marissa's back, so... Yes, we'll fix I'm it. Sorry. We'll fix it in post. Sorry. Right, you guys come there. Oh, I see. Sit so next Marissa's to Jim. He doesn't bite that hard. I do, actually. But no, I'm, I'm okay. Marissa's own... That's door. Kristen. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we're on the horror movie title, Return of the Princesses. It's Return of the Princesses. Marissa. Sorry. Let's listen to the 13 Ghosts. Podcast yeah, yeah, we did that about a month ago. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. One of my favorite all-time favorite movies. So I was watching that again last night. And, and again, we're, we're talking about the original 13 Ghosts, not the Tony disaster that was made with Tony Shalhoub. It was okay, but it was a nightmare. I got to say, I saw the original a long time. I was in a film class in college, yeah, so I got yeah. to see a ton of old movies. Uh, and I'm a big monster movie guy. Uh, well, I like horror in general. So oh, me too. You know, monster movie horror, I don't right. care. It all falls in the same category for me. Uh, love the original. I liked Shaloubs. I liked the I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't... It, it didn't have the appeal to me that well, the original did. Yeah, it's not and the I think, same. And I, and I think it was because it was William Castle. Mm-hmm. And I loved William Castle. Yeah. Well, it so was much fun. It was a different feel. The whole Dark Castle thing is... I appreciate the thought behind it, mm-hmm. but the presentation of the movies is not William Castle. Yeah, yeah. Horror movies. It doesn't translate for me. It, doesn't you know, it really doesn't. Now, if you've never seen any of his movies. And then they stop. Or if you've never Castle. seen the movie Matinee, which mm-hmm. is sort of a homage. John Goodman. To, yeah, Joe, John Goodman's great, playing a way. It's one of movie. the most underrated films. I love it. Everybody, I, I, that's one I'll watch over and over and over again. Because uh, and then there's a great documentary out about William Castle, who also produced Rosemary's Baby, which a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know. Uh, so he did a lot. Of, he had a lot of respect in Hollywood. But there's just something about the showmanship behind yes. a William Castle film that the reboots don't get. They don't understand mm-hmm. it. I, you know, they really maybe you know I don't want to sound like an old fogey, but maybe you needed to be in a theater and experience one of his films to really understand. That was a major part of the film too. So when I see Thirteen Ghosts, I think about being in the theater and holding up the little cue and hoping you know, saying, "You gonna watch the ghost? Yeah, I'm gonna watch the ghost. Yeah, you know, because you had an option whether mm-hmm. you wanted to see him or not." So and he just did cool stuff like that. The remakes deal more with you know, special effects and yeah, 
gore and whatnot that the William Castle movies. You need the story. Although, if you look at Thirteen Ghosts, the William Castle version, there's a lot of special effects. Oh yeah, for him, that, that's got probably more than a lot mm. of the ones he did. I mean, he's got the guy walking around with no head. And yeah. The ghost of. Um, well, my favorite, my favorite one is the lion tamer with no head. Right. And of course, and the lion is there with him, so we know how he died. Uh, the, the chef in and the, the kitchen that's throwing things all around. And, and he goes and puts a cleaver in somebody's head. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the course of the movie, so. Spoilers! Yeah, sorry, we're only uh, 57 years, uh, you know. I waited 57 years to see this stupid movie. And he's, you ruined it for That's sort of a running gag on Monster Attack. Yeah. We, we, we constantly we do get, it too. Mark always says, spoilers, it's like, Mark, it's like 50 years ago. If they haven't seen it, screw them. You know, I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've done it with movies that are like 10, 15, 20 yeah. years old. Too. Seriously. Like, if you haven't seen this movie by now, seriously. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know. There's a rock, climb under it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it just came out. Yeah, I'm sorry, the boat sinks at the end. It's, 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 it's that works. <laughs> Oh, you ruined it for me. Yeah, God, I yeah. can never watch Titanic. What do you mean Rosebud was a sled? You mother of oh, God. You know. Oh, no, it pops back up at the end. It's a surprising <laughs> thing. Twi- big twist on the whole thing. M. Night Shyamalan did it. Bunch yeah. of blue cats lifted up out of the sea. Blue oh. cats. Oh, my gosh. Blue cat people. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we do. Because uh, I have a thought about it. Because I've been watching... Um, oh, he has a thought. Be careful. Some of the Universal monster movies and oh, whatnot. Gosh, yeah, and they're remaking them. Yeah. yeah, they're remaking. They're trying to start their own shared yep. universe. They are with the Universal classic monsters, but they need to go back and restore some of these movies. Oh God, yes, I agree. Because I, I have the the Blu-ray edition of the Universal monster movies, mm-hmm. and like Dracula and Frankenstein right, and right. Bride of Frankenstein, they all, they all look marvelous. But then when you go to watch the later movies in the series. They've just they just slapped them on the DVD. They've not. Yeah, they've not gone in and actually restored them to the mm-hmm. original black and white. Chris, I mean, that's just something. And that's about what, those films. One of the things I was thinking about with Thirteen Ghosts was that. Yeah. It the version I was looking at looked all right, but it needed some help. Now there's there's a a very good version out there on Blu-ray, and I think it does come with the glasses. It's worth a look. I've got a, I've got a, a copy of a 1080p version of it. That's Put that down. Just. Please. Outstanding, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think where you. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon or something. Amazon, but uh, now I know I had a VHS copy of it that came with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, most of his crazy ones, uh, or the crazy 3D movies that uh, were real popular, the 50s like Robot Monsters. We got to do Robot Monsters someday. That uh, all came Monster with the glasses. Is, is, that's a classic. It yeah. is an interesting movie. <laughs> that is a that's a movie where it's like, what do we got? We got a gorilla suit, a space helmet, and a bubble machine. Perfect. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, the guy did it. Phil Tucker wow. directed it. Like he was like a wonder kind, and he had he had, had directed a, a somewhat successful movie. So they said, yeah, "Okay, here's some money. Go make us a movie." And it wasn't enough to do what he wanted to do. And they were trying to figure out 
how can we have an outer space invasion movie? We don't, we can't afford a spacesuit, but we got a helmet. And then a friend of his was a was a professional gorilla. Says, okay, well we'll put the gorilla in the in the helmet, and then the you know, I don't know about the bubble machine. It was like something else. A friend of his had that. It was like none of it makes sense, but it's fucking hilarious. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an invasion film with one guy. Yeah, that's it. It's one guy. And, 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 and the so monologue. And then, you know, it's, it's oh. like it's 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 like right out of the Edward School. And I'm a huge fan, folks, of Edward. As those of you, so are we? No, I'm a huge fan of the monologues. You know, where he's going on and on. It's almost like waiting for Godot or something. You know, <laughs> and, and then I will recalculate. Yes, oh, very well. I will recalculate. That's a great idea. We'll write this down. <laughs> we're going to go to one of these theaters, and we're going to put on a stage production of Robot Monster. <laughs> that could be sort of fun. Now, now the gal stage I, production. Yeah, and, and I confess, I've forgotten her name, but the gal that played the lead. The lead gal, the, the the love interest in in Robot Monster, was just uh, uh, my co-host Mark just bumped into her at a convention. Wow! Two weekends ago, up in uh, up in Pennsylvania at the uh, Monster Bash, so she's still going strong. I think she's the only one left from that. I think even the kids did. Wow! Got the play, but the only one left, and she said still looking good and having a blast with all the nostalgic rays. And stuff. Uh, I think she's like about 86, 87 years old. Carl Lindley's was his daughter or niece. She was in um, the original Dracula. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know if she's still alive, but she was alive. I don't know. Yeah. As of seven years ago, when I put out the Legacy Edition. Oh yeah. I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking like she died within the last year. Did she? There was something I remember. We, and that came up. We. Uh, and this is terrible, folks. This is, you know, the age, the memory. Because we did, uh, the only Universal we have done so far a podcast on is Dracula, is, which I think is a very, very special film. And again, I, I'm a huge Hammer guy and, and love what Christopher Lee did, although my favorite Hammer vampire film is Brides of Dracula, which I think is absolutely Which brilliant. you've done on the podcast as well. Yeah, and we did that just a couple of weeks ago. And um, um, we still... We both were in agree. Mark and I don't agree all the time on the show, but uh, we both thought that June was 12th, one of the best. June 12, 2014, she passed. Twenty fourteen. I thought it was recent. Twenty fourteen. Because it came up. I remember this conversation mm-hmm. coming up when we were talking about. Dracula. She was Jewish. Really hard to believe. Yeah. Mm. Somebody are Jewish. Somebody who acts was Jewish. Jewish. I never would have guessed that. Either. Never would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's so so unique in Hollywood. Yeah, it's weird. So there you go. <laughs> the, the and I think she was the very last living person that had any anything to do with, with the original Dracula, which still has a very warm place in my heart. I just have always always liked it. Would that be a cold place? Yeah. Uh, oh, it brings me to my special <laughs> interest uh, bit. Uh, you, you, you I did listen to the special. Dracula podcast. Okay, good. And you expressed some frustration with the way the movie plays now, that the, these bits in the movies have been done over and over yeah. comedically and whatnot. That's the trouble. They've been spoofed and satired so much sometimes it's hard to look at them seriously. But you listed a specific line that bothered you. <laughs> you recall what which line that is? What was I talking about? I never drink fine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In our hey, last... didn't we do something like that? <laughs> didn't we do the exact thing in our movie? Yeah. In this last movie? None of the one before. No. With you. Oh, yes, yeah. you did. I had to do the line. Yes, You I didn't know. have to do the line. You could have said something. No, no. But <laughs> you said, this is, you know, I find this person. I'm as guilty of it as anybody. But it's just, it is, you know, when you think about, you know, ah, the children of the night would be, and, and I never drink wine and all that. It's hard to, Bella Lugosi has been parodied so much. 
it's hard to really appreciate the power of the character he plays in that mm-hmm. film. It's a really spooky, powerful film. Uh, it's well, he not so- quite the same as the book. And I went back and read the book last year. I had not read the book. I, I can't believe no. it. And it's a brilliant book. I mean, I couldn't believe I've read some of Bram Stoker's mm-hmm. stuff, but this never gone around to reading Dracula. And I couldn't believe how good it was. And uh, obviously the, the Lugosi version wasn't close to the book. Uh, the, the closest movie that came to the book was probably Horror of Dracula that, um, that hammered it. They, they tried with... Um, but they, you know, the the, some have gotten version. close. They've gotten close, but um, you know, it's just a shame. It's still such a unique film. And it mm. was like really the first monster movie to come out there. A movie that was supposed to scare you. I think you know, it preceded Frankenstein mm-hmm. by a few months. And uh, this was a whole new genre that really the wasn't of, popular. They offered all the monster Frankenstein to look That's at right. And he turned it down. Mm-hmm. Well, it was not a speaking role. Yeah. <laughs> Although he played him in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Which I watched. And I always felt sorry for Bella because he, he always got criticized heavily for the way he played that character. And nobody knew that when that role was written and, and, it, and the way it was shot... Frankenstein, the Frankenstein monster in that movie was blind. Right. And he played it blind. Because but then they eliminated that part from the print, so nobody knew that. So they just think, oh, he's just stiff, and he's not a very good actor. And, you know, Karloff was so much better. It's like, no, that's the way he was supposed to play it. Yeah, because in the one bef- that preceded it, the son of Dracula, yeah? Well, he's playing, where Bella goes, he's playing Igor. Son of Frankenstein. Right, son of Frankenstein. Yeah. He is uh, the monster in... Right. They have a brain swap. Yes. But as a result, the monster's blind. Yep. Which is in the movie before, and then they just ignore it. Yep. And I think there's like, didn't they have dialogue and stuff that was removed? Oh, all all kinds of stuff. They really chopped that that, that movie to pieces. Because they're like, as a a kid, that's another, and that's one we'll we'll talk about. We're looking for another universal to talk about now. I don't know which one we're going to grab, but I love, there was always something about Frankenstein meets the Wolfman that I liked. Mm-hmm. So that was always another favorite of mine as a kid. Well, Lon Chaney, and I'll bring this up since this year the expert. <laughs> Have you watched the Son of Dracula? Yes. Count Alucard. The first time they used that gag. No. Um, now everybody uses it. <laughs> it's in anime. Yeah. What, what do you think of Lon Chaney Jr. in that movie? I think it was a little in over his head. Okay. He is a brilliant. Wolfman. I am not the I, only person who, who got you know. This. I mean, I loved, I loved the original Wolfman. I still love it. I like the Benedici del Toro one, the remake that they did. And, and I like that, that too. I've been watching that over every time it comes on. I, a couple of scenes in there that I really, really like to watch. Yeah. But, um, it had been a long, long stretch of time from uh, the last time I'd seen the Wolfman, and then I sat down and watched it again about five or six years ago. And, and it hit me just how good that movie was. Just really how powerful that film was. And how good Lon Chaney was in that. I mean, he was the perfect cast of casting for him in that. Son of Dracula, he was definitely an over his head. He just, seemed very, just could not handle very the material. stiff and a yeah. little unsure. Yeah, I, I think that's a great... You know, I mean, you know, Carradine played Dracula twice in House of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. I did a much better job. You know, it was more to his liking. He was still... But he played he played the Wolfman in Flawlessly, every, every incarnation. Yep. In the Universal Classic Library. Absolutely. All the way through Abbott and Costello. 
And then, and, and the way he played Lawrence Talbot, because it was such a, 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 a fine line you've got to walk. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the a lot of the werewolf pictures that I've seen after that never did it that powerfully until that that Wolfman remake. Because I think Benedici del Toro like channeled yeah that that sentiment. He's, in, a, he's, he's a really he's a great, great actor, actor, and he's kind of got that crazy. And the one thing about that film, and there's one scene in there that I will never forget, and I was it was like. It was a throwback to some of the classic monster movies. Is where they've got him in the in the hospital, in the in the doctor's viewing area, and the guy's going to prove that he's really not a wolf man mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then he gets loose and <laughs> nails their ass. Yeah, that is the best scene. I mean, it's intense, scary. It was like wow. It'd been a while since I'd been that impressed with it. I think I might you know, have you, it where, where you've got that feeling like I'm trapped in this room with yeah. this guy and he's going nuts. There was a uh, our second podcast. We did a film that I especially loved called The Werewolf. It's an mm-hmm. old, old 57 film. Uh, it's almost science fiction in a sense because the guy was created. These mad scientists made turned this guy into a werewolf trying to create a master race type deal. And they had a scene where they're the guy gets arrested and he's in a jail in a little mountain town and these guys are trying to find him so they can kill him so mm-hmm. they, it doesn't come out what they've done and they're in the cell with him and all of a sudden he, he he's awake and and that whole scene which you don't see him killing him but you see it in the shadows and stuff I'd never forget as a kid it's like that kind of intensity and let your imagination really run wild like yeah what if you were trapped in a cell or a room right. with a werewolf like that who's going to you know tear you apart yeah what would your reaction be? It's like, yeah, they got be it pretty big, good. They'd be a big turn on the floor with theirs. I love stuff like that as a kid. Um, one thing about the Lon Chaney Jr. performance is that, as, as Talbot, he comes across as so earnest. He Absolutely. He desperately yeah. just wants you know somebody to basically kill him yeah. in, in most of the sequels. But his his portrayal of the character, all the way through Abbott and Costello, is yeah. consistent. Absolutely. He, it's Yeah, you know it's Lawrence Talbot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His performance in that character never wavers, and it's remarkable how much you buy his character. Absolutely. But then when I saw Son of Dracula, I was like, it's just not. Yeah, I just. It's not the same. Just guy. didn't work. Yeah, that, that that's probably out of all the universes one of my least favorite films that they made. Not a lot happens in that movie. No, either. it's it's a boring film. Yeah, it's slow and it's they try to play up the relationship with the love interest there or mm-hmm. the gal there. I, I can't remember the gal who played the role. I mean, I don't re- remember the names of many of the people in there, but it's just like, that was almost one, if it came on the Monster Movie matinee, they was like, yeah, I'm going to pass this week. Damn it. You know, i got to miss a week because they put a stupid movie on. <laughs> it's, not, it's not much of a monster movie either. No, it's not. It's not. It almost shot like a love story mm-hmm. type thing, but there's no horror, well, you got the, you got no the, horror effects to it at all. No, or the curse effect, you know. I, I think they were after, like, the cursed guy, you know. It's kind of like a Love triangle that you kind of lose interest in. I mean, because in House of Dracula, at least you, know, you got you got you know Ansel Stevens as the doctor trying to cure Dracula of vampirism, which that's a real stretch. But, but the uh, House of movies seem to be a bit busy. Yeah, well, the, the, both of them—they just wanted to throw every monster <laughs> that Universal had in the, in the same, which was the appeal when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get to see what's the crossover movie. Like, Where's yeah. the mummy? Why didn't the mummy come stumbling into this? You know, they forgot him. <laughs> It takes him a long time to get there. I know that's the thing. I always wondered how he got anybody because it's like dude, he's not even walking. I mean, it's like run, you know. I always catch up and strangle everybody. It's like yeah, okay. 
Well, in the original Mummy, he doesn't spend a lot of time at No, he mummy. doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he's more of ammo, ammo to... Which I was surprised at how closely the Stephen Summers movie mirrors that. The, yeah, the plot actually, is, yeah, they did. They did. I mean, the central through plot is essentially the same. I mean, there's a lot of difference between the and they, two and they stories. have a memorable scene in that one, too, when the mummy first reveals himself to the little archaeologist guy, and he and, and it's so subtly played because he just looks up and goes, ah! and then just starts hysterically laughing. I was like, right. I mean, that could have been so overplayed and been so ridiculous, but it was dead on perfect. It's exactly what would have happened. But that was I miss that kind of thing in some of the some of the modern films. Yeah, they kind of lose the thread in some of the follow-ups. I think they're trying to show too much, or they're trying to go too much over the top. I mean, we can do so much nowadays with with, with special. And they effects. want to show you that they and can. They want to show everything. Yeah, and then I think the story suffers because you can see the films where nowadays. And again, I'm not. I'm not there's a lot of good films out there uh, where people are getting it right, but um, you can almost see the films, and you'll see them a lot on like Sci-Fi Network or Chiller Theater mm-hmm. or whatever. Where it's like, that's his favorite scene. When that guy thought of this movie, he thought of that one scene. Mm-hmm. Everything is spent on that, and then the rest is just like, to give him an excuse to get it's there and get out of it. You know, and it's a shame. It's, uh, you know, a lot of the craftsmanship has been lost. Yeah, Larry and I differ on a few of those things. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, the schlock film. Mm-hmm. Larry has differing opinions. Is that about Slice and Dice, or? Uh, no, no, I mean. Schlock, movies that were, you know, made on the cheap, the movies you laugh more at than with. Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I collect bad cult films, I mean, so yeah, yeah. I've seen my share of Schlock. I've, I've, there's some of them I'm like, that's really bad, but, you know, for the time it was probably a, a big hit. But you look at freaking Welcome to Monster Attack, yeah, that's yeah. a major part of what we do, yeah. <laughs> but you, you look at, Sharknado, it's just like... Oh, God, I love that stuff. See, I, 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 just, I can't handle it. The Fourth Awakens, come on! Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or what is it, uh, Sharktopus versus... Uh, Dino Croc or yeah, something. Yeah, Dino Croc. It's like, that was on today. On. So, yeah, Dino Croc versus Sharktopus. Weirdly enough, I think if they did it in the old school style, yeah. I might actually enjoy it more. <laughs> if they came out with Sharktopus versus Dino Croc and... You knew it was some doofus off stage doing this <laughs> with the thing. Well, when you look at the computer animation, it may be some doofus off stage doing this. It, it almost it's plays just, that way. Yeah, like, it's very yeah. bad computer animation. It's yeah, but I know that they. But if you're gonna do computer animation, do it. Yeah. No, I I think the they do it on it. purpose. I think. Well, they, I think it's gone that way because I, I mean, they, you know, a lot of those. Verses and stuff. It's all from Shark. The first Sharknado. Yeah. Nobody dreamed it would go where it went. I mean, when I, I mean, I didn't even watch the whole movie. It was like this is ridiculous. I can't get through five you know, minutes. Of and then all of a sudden, it becomes a cult classic. And then, the, then they got fun. Then they started adding more humor into the second and third yeah. one. And well, then it became okay. Now I get into this as long well, as you're That's what I liked about movie. that movie was that. They, there was no veneer about it. It was like, we are... No, taking, we're going to be stupid. and We are taking all the elements stuff. that people enjoy about yeah. the sci-fi... I mean, sci-fi about the yeah, network. S-Y-F-I. The network, not the genre. Right. right. What people like about those movies. And we're just going to fill our movie with it. And we know the joke. We're in on the joke. And we're just going to... Oh, I think you've got to appreciate the joke. Yeah. And we're going to make a movie that gives you the best of all that. Now, the best schlock movie I've ever seen, if you haven't seen it, you ought to watch it. Because it, it, it's a total spoof. 
So, I mean, you, you know up front this is going to be a spoof movie. It's called Beware the Blob. And it was produced that. by Larry Hagman, and Larry gets oh, all of his oh, friends. Oh, forget it. I have to Hag- see Hagman, that. Hagman has a, a cameo in there, and he's got a scene with Burgess Meredith and stuff. Where they're oh, playing, Burgess Meredith? Well, we got to see that. Where they're playing old winos, you know, getting drunk by this barn, you know, while this blob. And I want to tell you the gags because they're so freaking funny, but... Uh, you've got to go you've got to you've got to watch and, he, and of course you've got you've well, got some forget, you've got some pretty leads. decent uh, actors in this thing because Hagman had some clout this yeah. was made right after he did I Dream of Jeannie and you know this is pre-Dallas oh, so this is before Dallas so it's sort of in that in oh, that wow. just before because you know it was sort of early 70s yeah whatever but I remember not knowing it was going to be a comedy but uh, and I saw it on TV when CBS used to do late night mm-hmm. monster movies. And I thought, oh, this looks like a sequel to The Blob. Cool. And I was like, God, this is freaking. Hard. I mean, then why out of the blocks, you know, it's going to be a comedy. Why do I feel like I've actually seen this? You may have, because I used to love have. The Blob. Yeah. It, all the renditions of it. Yeah, they're, they're they all have their advantages. The, the newest one was like, ah, okay. It's entertaining. If you entertain me, I'll give you a chance. You're talking about the one with... Um, the, the, the one with the Shawnee Smith. Yeah, Shawnee Smith and... Matt Dillon. Or is it Matt Dillon or Kevin Dillon? Kevin. Or one of the Dillons. Kevin. And all that. Um, I feel like I might have, have seen it. Said, is this, this is what you're looking at, right? You wear the blob? This is ni- nineteen seventy-two. That's it. Yeah, Larry Hagman, okay. yeah, Godfrey Cambridge. Yep, there okay. it is, right there. That's the one. This might be. <laughs> I'm scrolling in a little bit more. Mm, no. That one I caught, that one I caught, like, tail end of high school, so it's right on that borderline of... I, I would remember that picture. We're getting to it, but... Uh, and then, and then... Oh, it's I introduced, and Then yeah, I, I, I introduced people to it in college, because I was the monster movie guy in yeah. college. And we would do, like, a Mystery Science Theater 3000 mm-hmm. thing every Saturday night. And they all, this just became a cult classic. It's, just, it's hysterical. I'd watch that because I mean, oh, I've, yeah. I've watched all of Larry Hagman's films to this point. The movie so was rated G, including bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no cussing in it or anything. And uh, wow, a lot of monster movies totally were actually. No, I mean, I, I, by well, today's standards, are rated G. I think. I think, I think when Hagman, because Hagman was the producer, and <laughs> I think he directed it as well. Um, they wanted a TV market. They knew it wasn't yeah. going to make it into theaters. So, I mean, there was just no way. But this this was going to be a TV movie, and he was and, big on TV yeah, at the time. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, I, that doesn't and it wasn't necessary to do it in any other way. I mean, it, the gags worked without the cussing. So wow. you know, it, it's a hilarious movie. And then from there, you said you went to Dallas, like the the, the show. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas started, I guess, about seventy six, maybe seventy seven. Somewhere in late seventies. So, so this is this is years. yeah. I mean, okay. he's Imagine sort of in that gray area where he's, he's more being a guest star on TV shows mm-hmm. and stuff, and okay. uh, living off the residuals of Doctor Eugene. Wow. Which by that point was already in syndication. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I love Boat. But hey, I think I think he set the table. I think he set the table for like the Zucker brothers and stuff. The ones who started spoofing classic monster movies, because a lot of the gags you'll see in this. You could see guys down the road in the 80s and 90s have done or got their idea from some of the things he did. He's got one particular gag in there that I, I it caused me to belly laugh. And if you can get me to do that, you've really got me. And it, 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 it's the only th- I remember for years, it's the only thing I remembered about that movie. Because it's one season <laughs> that is the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen in a movie. It is, <laughs> and it still is. I mean, it still plays today. You'll know it when you see it. 
<laughs> funnier than Steve McQueen in the original playing a teenager. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I like the original plot. I like the original movie, it's, but it's every it's, time it's, it's so. Um, I'm trying to think. It's, it's so fifties. I mean, it's like the, oh, the yeah. Eisen, the whole Eisenhower, clean gene, leave it to Beaver, uh, you know, reality that really didn't exist, but we all believed existed. Um, it's just you know, and it's one of those typical teenage films with a monster eating the town up, you know. But every and, time somebody uh, refers to him by his age, yeah, and you look at his face and you can see more life experience on his face than the rest of the oh, cast combined, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and and you got you know Anita Corsand in there who you know was a was a classic and you know Andy Griffith he said Miss Helen oh my God she's in there and then I'm trying to eat her and Ronnie Howard's in it you know trying to blow it away with his cap pistol it's like yeah, it's just hilarious man <laughs> it's still still a fun movie it's in my collection uh, they like to pull that out our TCM is really good they have been running a lot of old horror films on a, on a regular mm-hmm. basis so. They've been a treasure trove. So I got mad at some them great memories. Yeah, mad at Turner Classic Movies. What they do? They have a series where they put out like four movies on DVD, and it's like a collection. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they have one that's a Marx Brothers collection. Oh yeah. And it's like classic movies plastered across top of it. Then it's um, there's gonna be Duck Soup, mm-hmm. Go West. Ah, I can't remember the two. Um, Animal Crackers has got to be in there. No. No, no really? Like, oh, that should be. It's like At the Circus and... Some of the lesser known and ones. And like Love Happy or something. Oh, jeez. No. No. I'm, you could sell me a Marx Brothers collection. Animal Crackers, Coconuts. Yes. Duck Soup and one of the... Pick one. Yeah. You know, after that. But I mean, those are the big... You got to be careful because the Dave the Race is in not the upper MGM. It's true. It's true. So I sat down and watched, watched my old copy of Coconuts last night. But I, I, I'm very grateful yeah. for TCM. For uh, I had um, lost a lot of my film collection five years ago when a tornado destroyed mm-hmm. my house. And uh, we were going to do Guanji, and I was trying to find a copy of Guanji in time to watch it. And then it turned up on Turner Classic. So I was able to. Well, again, I'm glad because I hadn't seen it in about 20 years. No and there's a lot I'd forgotten about that movie. That, I have no problem I with the network. I that movie. If you're going to market me a Marx Brothers... Yeah, if it's going to be Marx Brothers, make a Marx You Brothers give thing. me Marx Brothers, not... Yeah. You know, not Chico's... And it's it's, it's like doing a, you know, a Three Stooges collection and not putting any of Curly's stuff in it. Look and I love, the Shem, I love Shem stuff, but you got to have Curly in there, too. We love Joe Besser. We love Joe Besser. Yeah, Joe Besser. Just, he, he had his moments for the, the, the brief time that he was with him. But he's... You don't love Joe Besser not because of what so is... His work with the Stooges. No. No, more with Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello. Yeah. It was basically the same character. Yeah. But, you know, they couldn't get Joe to read it until the early <laughs> 60s, so Besser was the only guy they could get a hold of at the time. It was an interesting casting choice. It was. No. It was perfect. Now it was the only one available. Because <laughs> they wanted Joe Dorita. I mean, I remember reading Mo Howard's book, and they, they really wanted Joe Dorita. And uh, something about Joe Dorita's agent would not release him from a contract he was involved with and let him do it. So they just had to wait until uh, Besser quit. And then I guess something had happened where Dorita had fired that agent or something and says, yeah, I'll come with you guys now. Because they knew him through vaudeville, hmm. which is how they met most of their most of their guys. That would that's, be a Three Stooges guy, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's another series that needs to be looked at. The Marx, the original Marx Brothers movies. Yeah. They need to go back and, and restore those. 
I would say restore them. I hope they don't reboot them. I don't think they would play. Uh, They've already tried. Yeah, I know. It just and they 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 made the Three Stooges up this area. Yeah, and look how good that did. Actually, from what I've, I think it played better if they'd given me the part I read for. You know, if they'd cast me that movie, I think. But they gave it to Brian Doyle Murray. Some bitch. What's he ever been in? Yeah, I said Ted. Really, I mean, Modern Problems. I mean, come on. No, but I was looking at it, and the, the, my DVD copy is is kind of sad. You can tell the movie was shot on the cheap. Okay? Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but the only thing that keeps that movie afloat is the Marx Brothers. It's true. But it needs some help. And oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, it, 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 along the lines of the podcast, I always ask everybody they ever meet about this, do you remember the very first monster movie you saw that absolutely nailed you on this genre? It's the one to go back. It all started here. This is where I fell in love with these kind of movies. Oh God, my answer is so horrible. Oh no, there's no, no there's what, no wrong what answer. What is it? Oh, well, I have my answer's wrong. No, I mean if it were, <laughs> if it didn't to you, man, that's what it's all about. No, his answer might be wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let Larry go first. No, no, I want to hear what you say because mine's strangely enough not an actual monster movie. Well, it, well, now back when I grew up, it was like that could have been sci-fi, or I mean, it's like everything was monster movies. Yeah. Right? That were scary. So. The one I remember that had the really had an impact on you was Humanoids from the Deep. Oh, I love that film, man. That was awesome. I wasn't a kid when I saw it. I was in college, but I, I mean, that's I, hilarious, I man. Gotten the, I've gotten the Blu-ray since and rewatched it since, and I don't know why. The original is so much. Well, you know, it's a good a, Doug McClure tour when, when I was a kid, it scared the hell out of me because we spent a lot of time on the water yeah. back then. And a lot of stuff they were doing at the beginning of the movie, stuff that we did on regular basis. Some of Corman's better films. Yeah, it's not bad. And it's a good cult classic, but it got you wanting to watch more. They had the huge, the huge claws, and they were ripping yeah. through people. And as a kid, you know, it was a typical rubber kid, suit monster. The kids movie. you watch it is like there are thousands of these monsters, and when you watch it again <laughs> as an adult, it's like there are three of these. Yeah, monsters. They, they had like three suits they, they <laughs> shared. Yeah. No, I was actually I I. I that was like my early cable days when I was mm-hmm. finally getting getting on cable. It was like, yeah, I would watch that movie over and over. It was like, that's so much fun. Back in the day when we first got cable, Showtime showed it over and over again. To that's me. right. Oh, no, they had, it. yeah, they showed a lot, a lot of, okay. So I can take that. I'm a Sinbad guy. Ooh. That's it. You were talking about Harry Housen. Yeah, I'm a big Ray Harry No, I, I, guy. I mean, again, those, that movie's, and, and a lot the, of his the, stuff were shown the, on the monster movie. The Man skeletons. X. Yeah, that's that. I and, still think and I, King Kong, the original. The original King, King Kong. Kong is brilliant. I, I still think yeah, um, the skeleton scene. Yeah, and, uh, the one with Jessica Lange, right? Yeah, and Jason <laughs> and the Argonauts, the skeleton fighting scene in that too. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, some of his best yeah, work. Yeah, the original King Kong is always going to have one place in my heart. That's always. Yeah, and Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla. I'm a huge Godzilla freak. I mean, those were the three that really now, let me, me Let me ask you, have you, have you seen Gohira? Uh, yes, but it's Because, I mean, you know, you know the story behind Godzilla. I mean, you, right. you know, they shoot Gohira, yeah. huge hit in Japan, and then the United States gets a hold of it, and they go, eh, we need to dress this film up a little bit so people will understand it. And they shoot all the scenes with mm-hmm. Raymond Burr, mm-hmm. awful, yeah. and they just destroy the movie. I had for years tried to find Gohira, and um, the El Rey Network finally showed it the other night. Well, it's been I think it was about maybe two or three months ago. Yeah. 
And it was not all, and I thought, no, I pray this is the original with the subtitles, because I don't want to dub. I, right. I, I really don't like dubbing unless I have no, but I love Japanese films. Yeah, there's nothing like um, a kung fu movie. But I wanted to see that movie in its, the way it was done, I wanted to hear how the actors were saying the lines, and that's what they yeah. showed. They showed the, the undubbed. Yeah, totally movie. has that on and, the And I remember calling it. Maddox that night and going, because he told me about it, he's got a copy of it. Hmm? I said, holy crap. That's the movie. My God, that's Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, that's a fucking frightening film. I mean, it's a dark, scary yeah. movie. You know, and it's it, it's not about this bullshit that they pulled with yeah. Raymond Burr, you know, and doubles from the behind him. Just, no, I, oh, my uh, God, that was an I got to, I got to see film. that in, in film class. Film. Yeah, that's an amazing And film. it was on film. Yeah. So... It was pretty And amazing. it's also like 10 minutes longer than mm -hmm. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. So, you know, there's stuff that was in there well, that they cut from the American yeah, There's some exposition that needs to go on in the original. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it, 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 then I went back and watched the Raymond Burr vision. A version was like, I can't even watch it. And it was like, this is, they destroyed that. Yeah. But yeah, I was a huge Godzilla fan. I mean, yeah. I was still going to the theater to watch Godzilla movies when I was in high school. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, I loved, loved that was Godzilla. my monster thing. And then I, yeah. I saw um, one of those, I can't even tell you which one it was, but it was one of the late night monster shows. That's when I saw the original Blob. Yeah. Uh, of course, I've seen That's probably the CBS one, because they... It might have been. They were the only ones that were... It was back in... It was definitely back in the day. they did all the Hammer films, so yeah. a lot of people got exposed to Christopher Lee. Yeah, I saw, Peter I saw him. I yeah. saw, of course, Peter Cushing. Uh, I mean, days. I saw all that stuff, and I would stay up late watching watching that uh, back... Especially when my parents were, like, out of town, and the babysitter just didn't <laughs> care. And, you know, so I'm up late watching the monster movies uh, in my parents' room because they had the TV in there and right. in the den. And, uh, and it was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and that's and that really got me. And that's actually, strange enough, what got me into horror. Because I went mm -hmm. from that oh, yeah. to Alien. Yep. <laughs> you know, I went from, hey, these are kind of campy. Oh, holy shit, something just came out of oh, his face. <laughs> so good. You know, and, and that's... And that's yeah, that, I remember. That's, I remember the hype that Alien got when it came out. Now we did do a podcast on Alien, but it's a special edition mm -hmm. for our Patreon patrons. No. They get they get a chance to get that one. So it's like, so we broke the mold a little bit because it's really not in line with the ones we're doing. Because well, Alien set the table. I mean, they rewrote the book. Oh yeah, it is a monster movie. And no, I mean, but I mean, we will and we will eventually go into that era and and start covering those more. But once we get. This era sort of finished off, or or do another podcast dedicated just to those films, because it's uh, you know we really don't have any R-rated monster movies we're going to cover because mm. these are the because they they didn't exist. Right. We did do we did do Mansion of the Doomed. I mean, um, the Richard Bay because I'm a Richard Basehart fan, mm. and I saw that in college and it really stayed with me. And it, I don't think it was R-rated. I think it was PG. But uh, where know, he was stealing people's eyes to try to cure his daughter's blindness. Oh, they had him locked up in the, the basement. Imagine the, I forgot I the name of it for years. One. Yeah, I mean, they really stayed. And I saw that in the theaters, and it was like, damn. And I never could find it after that. And I finally, finally found it was still in print somewhere where I could get a hold of it. So we did. I, I told him, I said, I want to do a show on that, just you know, because it just that one really had an impact on me at an older age, but. It, 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 I completely. I did yeah. not realize that that was the name of that. I remember. Mansion of the I remember the stealing of the eyes. And, I, and that podcast is in, in the archives. There, we did it. It's like about the fourth or fifth one we ever did. 
yeah, those are late night double features yeah. and stuff. I mean, my parents would find me asleep. I had a little portable TV. I would drag up into my room and they'd come on, start come on at 11.30 at night because you had to wait for the late night news to go off. And so the last one's usually over about 2.30. You know, I'd be half asleep in the middle of Monolith Monsters or something. Yeah. Have to I had a little black and white off. for a little yeah, while a little, too. A little 12-inch black and white or whatever, or a little 10-inch or whatever else. And brings back a lot of great memories. But Alien. I remember I was, uh, I mean, I was already out of college by then. Got a lot of, lot of hype, a lot of publicity yeah. that summer before mm -hmm. it came out. And um, I remember hoping I wouldn't be disappointed to see that film. And it was sort of a takeoff on It the Terror from Outer Space, in a sense. Kind of, some kind of yeah. Film. God damn, that was a good film. Yeah, that, my father I mean, told was, me I mean, that's I the was, only film that's really, ever scared him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's very disturbing in a good way. Isn't yeah. It? This is a damn horror film. This is a really yeah. good horror film. Yeah, that was one of those movies because when it came out, my parents weren't going to go see it. And they certainly weren't going to take me to see it. Yeah, my, my, yeah my I would have had, I would have, it, I would have had issues if I'd had, had a, if I'd had a kid, a young kid. I don't know if I would have let him go see that one or not. Yeah, until they were older. My, I didn't see it until it came out on VHS. Yeah. So it was my a one long brother time. went and saw it, and then he came home and was telling my other brother all about yeah. it. Yeah. So I had like this whole running narrative of the movie in my head, and I had seen pictures of the alien. Not yeah, not yeah, it himself, it, you know, but Time like the, and Life magazine the, the, and Newsweek and stuff all, they, they all publishing had, pictures. They had like a 12-inch mm -hmm. figure. Oh, they had to move the figure, that's right. And then there's a board game. Mm -hmm. I, I knew the alien from that. Sure, did they pull the figure off the market at uh, some juncture? Because I remember yeah. it, it disappeared all of a sudden. They had the little... Mm -hmm. the little that one and the Freddy. It, it, I, there was a Freddy doll. For yeah. But I think... The the alien was because you hit the thing and the mouth yeah the mouth would come out out that was like and after you used it enough it would pop out oh maybe that was in there for choking and there so there was the choking head the same I remember that I remember you do something on the tail and the yeah the same reason they got rid of the Boba Fett with the launching missile so I had a really good image in my head of what the alien looked like and I had been given all the highlights of the movie right but I didn't get to see it for years. Once you've seen it, you kind of have to. You have these images in your head. And you're like, is that actually the movie, or is that yeah, right. what I thought what the, I the thought, movie was yeah, going to be? Yeah. yeah. See, I I didn't have. And it the yet. original. I'm one of. The, I, I argue with people all the time about the original versus the second one. I said, sorry guys. Aliens. Alien is so much superior to Aliens. Aliens is a James Cameron action film. They are different you movies, know, I mean, and they are they're completely yeah. different movie. And Aliens is really closer to being Starship Troopers than Starship Troopers was, if you think about it. <laughs> I didn't you know, like Starship you know, Troopers, though. You know, because they're, oh, I like Starship Troopers, but I mean, you know, because I didn't read the book. Mm, I um, But um, the whole thing about, you know, what is this going to be another bug hunt? And boom, mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. You know, but I like Verhoeven's Starship Troopers a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had friends who were purists when it goes, I like the book. It's like, I don't care. I like the movie. Yeah, it's great little action. Starship movie. Troopers in my head is much more sequel to Robocop it probably yeah, is I, yeah, I it's, yeah. yeah. It it's got so that feel like it's got that feel it's got you know Kurtwood Smith doing the the voiceover for the for the news would you like to know more would you like to know more and all of his usual suspects are in there they just had one person say I'd buy that for a dollar I know I wish they had that would have been hilarious <laughs> that would change the channel that would have been great <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar <laughs> I remember my brother getting like the biggest kick out of the what was the car they were advertising the six thousand SUX. SUX, yeah, yeah, yeah six thousand SUX. Yeah. 
sucks, man. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah. Well, like with with RoboCop, the second one didn't quite. The third one was terrible. They did. Yeah. I was in it, but well, the third one was terrible. I was terrible. too. Yeah. I, I, I got blown a, away in a crowd. That scene. was a background extra. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> Larry crashed the set. I drove on to the beautiful, set. Beautiful. Because I was trying to go. They were down. Oh, you got lost. He yeah. was looking for an address. I was looking for an address so I could grab some gels. That for happened lights. a couple times because Free Jack. I was a you know in Free Jack. And yeah, I was thing. almost in that too. They just about wiped out our uh, little subway thing there. Yeah, I was. Sands. I was at the. Concourse Athletic Club when they right. filmed him crashing into the fountain. Yeah, yeah. And I ran outside to see what the hell happened. <laughs> and, and I'm like, get him off the fucking shot! I was like, ah, ah. And I ran right back into the, the parking deck. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I drove, literally drove my little, my little Eclipse on Oops. to their set. And the guy just... Flips yeah, his shit. Yeah, that security wasn't very good on that film. No, no. Uh, <laughs> and, but he flips his shit. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm just looking for this store. And I look over, and there's the store. And they're still open during filming, so I'm like, Whoa. yeah. I know it was crazy. I didn't. Then when they then when they served served dinner, it, did, it didn't occur to him. It was like you got about like 150 homeless people down yeah, there, yeah. and all these people, and we're all dressed like homeless. Yeah, people. all the extra dressed. You know, yeah, people. and it's like, uh, you know, and the guy goes, "Is this for anybody?" He's like, "Yeah, come on, man." Says so we knew it'd drive the AD crazy because he was a real jerk. Yeah, like, yeah, come on, but get all uh, you want. They they freaked out. and They're like. <laughs> And I'm. I, that was a terrible I went scene. And got it was me a in. Terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. They nearly killed somebody on the event on the effect where they drove the car off uh -huh. the uh, parking garage. I know that was an almost an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, that, everything about that. It was, was a terrible. Well, it was a terrible movie. movie. Yeah. I mean, nobody nobody wanted to be there. They were all pissed off. Um, and it was in a. I mean, it was. Now we're told they're going to get the meet Peter Weller. Well, yeah, it wasn't even in it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, sorry the, guys. The uh, funniest thing is they're filming in downtown Atlanta. To look like Detroit. Yep. And I'm like, just film in Detroit, man. Yeah, it would be cheaper. It was dangerous. <laughs> in that point in time, downtown Atlanta was still dangerous. Yeah, it was. Especially yeah, the area they still, were filming in. It was still rough. Or at least the area that I happened to be part no, of. No, it was that was a rough part of town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was an overpass. Because they needed, they, they needed that old hotel. Yeah. I was near the old hotel stuff. That's yeah, it was. But, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was bad. It was it was a bad shoot. Sometimes you get on a set and, and you know this is just not good. Neither and, she. You know, they just had that feeling. Like flying Robocop. No, nobody wants it. Yeah, nobody wants to flying be Ninja Robocop. Of course, and then nobody knew was, nobody knew it was going to be the pilot for the TV show. Yeah, but or whatever. I mean, that's what it ended up being. Yeah. It wasn't. It was never going to be released in the theater. So. Which was okay. Yeah. <laughs> the television show. That yeah. was alright. It was okay. That was alright. For a TV show based on a movie that yeah. should never be shown on TV. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they pull the I'll buy that for a dollar during the show too? I think so. I thought I it was, like, it was it? always on TV. I was trying to think if it made it into the second one, and I think it had one gag in yeah. the second one, maybe in the background. Um, but yeah, the third one, it was a, there was a clear. Yeah, I think it was time strictly that they on television. The only, the only thing I liked about the second one was the, the telethon to save Detroit. I thought that was yeah. hilarious. The guy trying to play the, the fiddle upside down and shit. You know, the mayor. <laughs> Stupid mayor. Uh, <laughs> I like the original one. I haven't seen I the remake. I love the original one. Uh, you know, say I haven't it's either. Terrible. I haven't either. I, uh, I, I like, keep missing I, I keep I, missing it. I will say I liked the look of the new suit. Yeah. 
Well, I keep missing it. it I mean, it, it, it didn't even last a long time on cable. No. I mean, it just sort of, like the theater wasn't there long either. If so you blink, cool. you, I mean, I'll go into Target sometimes and, and walk past the video section, and there'll be movies on the shelf that I don't remember coming out. I remember seeing, like, the trailer, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I they, they don't give a movie long at that. I think, that, I think it, that's what they're doing now, yeah. though. I think they're taking a lot of movies, and putting the trailer out, they put it in the theater for like a month, and then bang, right on the show. Well, the, the, they have to do. Long. Well, they have to do that for the union. You got to four wall the movie for yeah. at least, you know, for at least a week showing or whatever like that to, to get your SAG eligibility. Yeah. For your for your actors, you're not going to get any big stars if it's not a SAG eligible film. So. You know, and they literally, I mean, I did one in 2000, a little indie called Unshackled. And it, it literally, they, they ran it in Atlanta, Chicago, New York, and L.A. for one week. And then it just vanished. I mean, you couldn't even find a DVD of it. Well, of course, there weren't DVDs in 2000. But, I mean, it was like six to 50, or let's see, when, when did I get that? I, I only got this thing a couple of years ago. You know, and finally it says, hey, it's sold on a DVD, finally. You know, it took like 10 or 12 years yeah. to... Get the damn thing where you could buy it. We were uh, we were flipping through Stars Network uh, this morning or last night, and the Good Dinosaur rolled by. Oh yeah, and that was just last year. I know it. The yeah. end of last year, and I'm like, oh, holy shit! It's yeah, already that, on that's TV. already on TV. Now, granted, it flopped in the theaters because nobody wanted to go see a dinosaur movie where people are pets, but. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. that's already on television. It's amazing. And, and DirecTV does a deal now where there are some movies that you can get on pay per view the day they open theatrically mm -hmm. if you want. Are they trying to kill the movie? Theaters? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering too. It's like, man, I, if, if that was my film, I'd be a little upset. Yeah, I'd be like, you can't do that. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm going to be, you know. I think the original idea was they do that for a limited time, like a couple of days. Yeah. Just so that. If they don't think it's going to open strong at the box right. office, it gives them a little extra. People income. might pay per view it, and then word of mouth will build. Yep. The actual people That's, going that to was, it. That was the philosophy. And I think there's some that they do that with because they don't think it's going to do so it. Most people not. You know, if you got like a, a <coughs> 16 inch screen or something, yeah, screw it. Let's watch it at home. Yeah, just DVR it. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. Now I like, got it for free. Yep. You know, well, no, no. If you, if oh, you no, deviate you, a pay-per-view, you still got to pay for it. Yeah. You can still DVR it, yeah. but you're still going to pay for it. Yeah, it's not $20. No, it's not $20. You, know, you can get it for $4.99 Yeah, you can get your $2 popcorn and your whatever. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. Your, your case of water because for that's, $2.99. That's, that's a problem. Going to the movies is not a... Uh, that's what I was saying about the, I miss the, that. I miss it. We talked about that what? on the podcast some. It's like... You just can't go to a movie if you want to. I mean, it's like you're talking, you know, it's single. I'm talking about like a $20, $25 bill, yeah. you know, when all is said and done. And it's a shame because that growing up was something that I could do a lot. Mm -hmm. Like for two, three bucks, I could go in and and, and, and especially hit the, the B-style theaters that would have some of the cult films that are, you know, the monster movies and stuff I wanted to see. I mean, I, shit, there were many nights in high school I'd go see a movie three or four oh, yeah. movies a week. I if I finished my homework, my parents didn't care. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember back when we were kids. I mean, movies were four, five, seven dollars, yeah. and then they took that jump here in Atlanta to ten, and everybody lost their minds. Yeah, when they but when, when they, they were ten dollars here, they were twenty dollars in New York. Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize that uh, uh, the, the the ticket split is ninety ten. Yeah. yeah. So the theater is only getting ten percent of the yeah. ticket price. That's why they get the And, and when you're paying, you know, an actor something like forty or fifty million dollars to be in your movie, uh, money's got to come from somewhere, you know, or whatever. I mean, I, that's an exaggeration, but still, some yeah. of these, no, some, no, of these it, some of these salaries are pretty, pretty mm -hmm. 
hey, that's why they have to charge ten bucks for a bag of popcorn and that's what, five dollars for something to drink. Mind. You know that because that's the only way they can pay their bills. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in all reality, you go to a place like I'd love to see that change. What's that? Just oh, the, the whole the price of structure, it's just gotten out of control. And it's just going to get worse. It, that's true. I mean, uh, I, I go to Restaurant Depot a lot, so I can buy the exact same thing that rest, that mm-hmm. movie theaters have. It's like $30 for a big oh, yeah. box of all the candy yeah. and that they're charging you, you know, yeah, like 8 bucks for, yeah, for a freaking box of, of Milk Duds or something. You're like, oh. That's why it's good to be diabetic. It's cheaper. It's, uh, you know. Oh, is he a popcorn? <laughs> yeah, there's popcorn, yeah. yeah. The that's, that's where I lose it. I that, mean, that costs... when I went and saw Batman v Superman, I, yeah. I went on my Fandango gift card that someone had given me. So I didn't have to pay for the ticket. Yeah. I still spent probably close to 20 bucks just to get a, a bottle of water and some popcorn. Yeah. But, like, uh, I mean, the popcorn's popped the day before, usually, and just sits in bags. I still like movie popcorn, i got to confess. It's, it's the coconut oil. It is a coconut oil. <laughs> it, yeah. is. it is. It is. That, that's the flavor. Yeah, yeah it's that butter. So it gives it's it that, that flavor. Butter flavored coconut yeah. oil. Just buy coconut oil for your house and pop it. Because I got I got to watch it now with the ticker, but uh, you know I can treat myself occasionally. Well, I do my like once a year outing to the theater by myself. I've got to. There's certain films you've got to see on the big screen. Yeah, I, I want to go. I, I I said it before. I've seen basically everything that you can see for Suicide Squad, but I want to see it in the theater. I'm a big Batman, big Joker guy. I'm curious to see how Jared Leto plays. The last trailer I saw for Suicide Squad, it's like, okay, maybe I'll warm up to this guy, but I'm just still not sure. The jury's still out. The I, Harley, I, the Harley I like Quinn, it. I don't like the Harley Quinn. I could kill us Batman. I, I mean, I don't like she's, the way they're portraying her. Well, she's not, I mean, she's the modern Harley Quinn. Yeah, not she the is. Mad not love the Harley one Quinn. that I yeah. fell in love with. Yeah, yeah. you know, so. But they, I, I, they, okay. they had to make that change so that she could stand on her own in the I comics. Yeah, they made it might play okay. Yeah, and I, and I and I and the and the video games. And I'll give I'll give Leto and I'll give Leto a chance on this thing with the. I think Leto's pulling it off. Um, it, 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 the first few trailer, or the first couple trailers I saw, it's like I'm not real sold on this. But now, and at first I thought it was just a poor man's Heath Ledger yeah. approach. No, it's and, and it's not. He's, no. he this last trailer is like, okay, he's bringing something yeah. to it now. Okay. I mean, every single one of them has been different. Cesar Romero oh, did his it. thing, and holy crap, that was great at the time. Yeah. Then you've got uh, Nicholson, who did his thing, and it was, oh my God. I mean, everybody... It was a darker approach. Yeah, and up film. until Heath, everybody said, no, that was it. Yeah, Nicholson was the one until Heath yeah. Ledger did his. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, in the middle there, you have uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill the who does the voice, who yeah, is... He was who awesome. is I don't care what anybody says. He is the ape, the apex of the voice. I agree. I of agree. the Joker. No argument there. Yeah, he's perfect. And I, actually, if you ever see him do the voice, yeah, yeah, he's, he's really he gets, gets, into, he gets into a big. Well, he's, you know, and when they had him on Flash, uh, was it Flash or was it? Yeah, yeah the, the Trickster. Flash. Where he played the Trickster. I guess it was yeah. the Trickster. The original and the, you got he's sort of the new one too. Got a, yeah, he is got, the new one. Yeah, you got to see a taste of, yeah. uh, you know, what what he probably and, would and have then, done. And then you had, of course, Heath. Who he I rewrote, he rewrote the he book. rewrote it, and honestly, that is how I expect the Joker. I agree in this world. Yeah, I mean the way the world no, is going it was, now. It was, it was that the is closest, the Joker. The closest to the. I would like yeah. to see. I'd like to see Heath's physical Joker with Mark's voice. Well, that'd be interesting. Yeah, and I mean there wouldn't be nearly as much laughing. Yeah, but holy crap! Oh yeah. I mean, that's, I think, kind of what Leto 
is bringing us. Yeah, I mean, the thing I liked about the Nicholson one when it first came out was for, for you know, again, I was a huge fan of the TV show. Yeah. Uh, but I was a kid, too, so I mean, I got into all the campy stuff. Well, I'm, but the thing about Nicholson was, you know, it's like, you know, the Joker is a psychotic. I mean, he's. He, he is a psychopath. He's a yeah. murderer. He's a very, very bad guy. You don't he's, want to, he's you don't want to hang out with this people guy. And Nicholson was the first one, to, first one to do that. It was mm-hmm. like, I mean, this guy's just like totally wacko. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and Cesar Romero was just sort of a fun guy to be around. Well, he was the 60s yeah. version. Yeah, was, uh, but, uh, I mean, it's been written, and now that they've redone the whole universe, DC universe again, there's actually three Jokers. Yeah. The Caesar Romero version, the um, uh, the uh, the one that the Leto version, right. and then the one that cuts his face off in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, Jeez. so those are the three that are out there running around. And then they'll get a new one with the rebirth. No, this is because of rebirth. No, that's that's what this is the rebirth. Oh, that is. There's mm-hmm. three because Batman sits in the chair. He goes, "What's the Joker's name?" And he goes, "Ping!" And he gets his eyes real wide. <laughs> and then he goes and sits in the thing, and it's like, well, what is it? He goes, he goes, there isn't a Joker. There's three of them. Right. So I was like, oh, holy shit! Yeah. You know? And I was like, oh my god! I was like, I have more crap to collect. But, uh, but I, I honestly, yeah, they're think, sort of getting their act together on the new Fifty Two because I was well, that's big, done. You know, yeah, I wasn't yeah. a big fan in the beginning. But, yeah. Um, but that the new Fifty Two died. Yeah. And now they've got rebirth, and honestly. And I know we kind of switched gears, but um, I'm sick of them redoing the freaking comics every couple of years. Well, I think they need to stop for a while. I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah. Give us, give me Rebirth, leave it, and make this canon yeah. for the next 10 years and just shut up. I mean, I do get a kick out of all of the Easter eggs and Arrow and Flash. And yeah. Make allusions to the new 52 yeah. Supergirl does it all over the place. Yeah. I can handle it in that regard. It's yeah. almost like their way of... Just so good. <laughs> but it's just it's it, it it's gotten ridiculous, and both of them, Marvel and DC, yeah. they both are are notoriously bad. Yeah, about stop it. reinventing. Just yeah, just just s- do it. S- sit for a while. All right, there you have it. Yeah, Jim's a pretty good guy. And I really enjoyed listening to the three of those idiots uh, talk about monsters. Uh, Jim's not an idiot, just the other two are idiots. Sorry about that. Uh, so, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And... I'm an emergency alarm system. <laughs> uh, for Chris, Larry, and Harvey, I'm Tina saying... Fubal? Oh, God, why do I keep reading these stupid scripts? Oh, you ruined it for me. Yeah. This episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast, has been brought to you by Barricane? Okay. Have you got a bear problem? Yeah. Not enough people are bare. <laughs> Shut up, Klaus. <sighs> if you do and you've been attacked by a bear, then AR Products has your ointment. Barricane. You just find the energy to slather this ointment on your wounds and then bleed to death pain free. Wait a minute. You're going to die anyways? Yeah, fuck this then. 
Bear Kane, it's fucking useless.